Jesus apparently tells the fish to swim into the net, and they do. Jesus again demonstrates his divinity here. This is what Peter sees in this net filled with fish. But the upshot of this miracle is that Jesus calls Peter his business partner and us to a whole new way of life. We are all fishers of men, part of that great movement which Jesus started and which continues to attract and recruit people to this day. Welcome to the Sand Hills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. I am Pastor John Edding. The theme of this sermon on the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany is He Brings Purpose. This is a sermon from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and it is the fifth sermon in a series called Unwrapping the Gift. Thanks be to God. Let's get to the sermon. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is amazing to me that Jesus does not waver in his purpose. He does not lose his way um, in his first steps in ministry. It is amazing to me how Jesus, right off the bat in his ministry, he's so solidly rooted in his purpose, and what God the Father has sent him to do. You may know the highlights from the beginning of his ministry, how he was baptized in the Jordan, how he was then led by the Holy Spirit. He is tempted by Satan in the desert. He is rejected in his first sermon. He has cast out demons and healed the sick in a town. And he was alone in a strange, remote place. He was alone, praying to his father. And his disciples found him, the crowd found him, and they said, in effect, come on, can't you see that there are plenty of sick people to heal in town? And You are doing so well. Look at how many people you are drawing to to the movement. And hey, what are you doing here? (laughs) But Jesus, rather than being guilt-driven, because they were guilting him, he is spirit-led. And last week we heard him say, In this event, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. I was sent for this purpose. Today we unwrap another gift that Jesus brings. He brings purpose. And I would like to frame As we go through the text, a question about purpose. And I have heard this saying, and and maybe you have also. We lose our way when we lose our why. We lose our way when we lose our why. And I love how Jesus does not lose his why. You know, that glorious purpose is there. 
And I want to take a few seconds to personally encourage you to explore that why in two questions. What is your story about how you know who Jesus is? And then secondly, why are you and I in God's kingdom? First, what is your story about how you know who Jesus is? Well, I would like to get to that question by asking another question. Have you ever asked why you are here? I mean, not just in church, but in, in the world. I find that old people in nursing homes ask this question. My grandmother asked this question in a nursing home and couldn't wait um, to be with Jesus. But she wondered about her purpose. Why are you here? Well, all of us can ask it. Andrew and probably Simon had been followers of John the Baptist. We, we see this in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Now he thought, Simon did, that he had found a real direction in his life. When, but when John was arrested, that ended. So Peter returned to the boats. Peter returned to the fishing that he had already once left. And there he was on the shore, washing the nets after a long night of fishing with his partners. Now, they had caught nothing. And they had caught nothing that night. Now, it is said that even a bad day of fishing is, a, is better than a good day at work. Well, they had had a bad night of fishing, and this was their work and their, their livelihood, so where does that leave Peter? Well, tired and exhausted and discouraged. And while he is cleaning up the, the nets, he is listening to Jesus who is speaking to the crowd about the word of God. The crowds are gathering around the master just like they did in the last town. And Jesus gets into a boat and they push him out from shore so that Jesus can better teach the word of God because the crowds were getting so large. They push him out on a boat. And I imagine that Peter is also listening to the word of God as, well, maybe while he works, cleaning those nets that didn't catch any fish. The text is silent about what Jesus actually said, but we know that he was preaching the good news, the good news of the kingdom of God. That was his stated purpose. And we know that much for sure. We also know this. We also know that he taught using parables. And one parable about the kingdom of God is, is called the parable of the net from Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 47. It's rather short, so let me just read it in full. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. 
And when it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, I am not sure that this parable was told that morning on that shore or not, but I'm not making a random choice of connecting this parable either. It kind of fits. The nets are there, but the fish are not there to complete a handy object lesson, at least not yet. By the way, just as we heard last week, we heard last week that the, where the gift was Jesus rescues from our foe, we, we learned that the devil, remembered that the devil is real. And so is hell. It is the prison created for Satan and those who reject in unbelief their Savior and the Lord. Now, the parable is about what will happen about the last day, on the last day. Believers need not worry about that day, for God is gracious to us through his Son, Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, in whom we are chosen, Paul writes in Ephesians 1, verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So Jesus tells this parable to highlight how God's kingdom includes men and women involved in the act of fishing for people. It's a picture of God's church at work. God's church is his net cast into the sea. So Peter experiences hearing the word of God, but he also experiences the work of God. In the next scene in our text, starting with verse 4, when he, Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. You know, Peter knew that fishing in broad daylight was a fool's errand. But he did it anyway. Did the people on the shore laugh at him? <laughs> Perhaps. But soon he is calling, he was crawling, calling on his partners to his side. You know, the nets were breaking. The, there were so many fish that the boats were sinking. Jesus filled those nets, not Peter's fishing uh, prowess here. Wow. And who needs, you know, a fancy fish finder from Bass Pro Shop when you have Jesus? Just throw the net in the water in broad daylight and he will fill it with fish. We've kind of lost our wonder at that, We've, you know, uh, at what happens in this text. And, and, you know, we walk by the seafood display uh, at the grocery store. We see uh, factory ships, you know, bringing in, hauling in thousands of pounds of fish at a time. And then we're not impressed by Jesus and 
this net full of fish. Or perhaps we just have not read the story closely. Um, or maybe just too much. We've heard it too much, perhaps since even just since Sunday school. But our reaction needs to be closer to Peter's. Look at Peter's reaction. He falls on his knees. He begs Jesus to leave him. <laughs> Go away. Go away. This is just too much for him. Too, too much. You know, the clumsy nets of the ancient um, fishermen, they only worked at night. This was broad daylight. Jesus apparently tells the fish, swim into the nets. <laughs> and they do. And Jesus, again, demonstrates his divinity here. The gift is being unwrapped. And this is what Peter sees in this net filled with fish. But the, this, uh, the point of this miracle is, is that Jesus calls Peter his business partners. He calls us to a whole new way of life. So Jesus found him there. He called them or called him and he gave him a new purpose. And yes, he would follow, but he would also fish for men, for people. He would no longer be just a man who sought the truth as he you know, listened to the word. But he would also share that truth with others. And that gave him purpose. Jesus gives us purpose. He gives us his why for our lives and shows us a whole new way of life. Now, this is Peter's story of experiencing the word and the work of Jesus. This is Peter's story, but it is also our story. The truth of the above is that uh, you know, Jesus brings purpose, and that purpose is reflected in your story about how you know who Jesus is. What is your story about the word and the work of Jesus in your life? What is the story, your story of experiencing who Jesus is? God has blessed us in our time with an effective way to communicate his word, his story. And that story that grows out of the word of God, but it shows itself in the work of God changing daily lives. Verse eight, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus's knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his com companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. You and I share in that story. We can see ourselves in that story. In this day and age, I for one want to know your story. How do you know who Jesus is? I'd love to hear it. How do you know who Jesus is in your heads and in the experiences each day of your hearts? We need to tell the stories to one another. 
about how the forgiveness of sins has come to us sinful people, about how Jesus calms our troubled souls. We need to hear the stories about what it is that brought each of you to this place. Because like Simon and the others, we are set on being and becoming fishers of men. Why? Well, because God's church is his net cast into the sea. The second question now, as I mentioned in the beginning, why are we in this kingdom? Why are we in this kingdom? Well, because God is still fishing. The upshot of this miracle, again, is that Jesus calls Peter, his business partners, and us, to a whole new way of life. We are all fishers of men, part of this great movement which Jesus started and which continues to attract and recruit people to this day. (coughs) Did you know that today, if it is a normal day, sees 100,000 new Christians. That is simply the number to keep Christianity at an equilibrium, but in fact, Christianity is growing around the world. Maybe we don't see that here, or even in our own country, but it is growing around the world. The number of new Christians is greater than 100,000 in a day. Now, this fishing, this purpose, is not something to delegate to a board. But this vocation is for all. God has made us all fishers of men, and he fills the nets. You might think of the congregation or the congregations as a net which is cast into the community every week which the Lord draws back into the nave. The nave. The nave is a Latin word for a boat. It is the term given to the inside of a church. It's an image that Jesus himself, again, uses to describe God's kingdom in Matthew 13. And God is good to us. Peter was a fisherman by trade and training, He was not a psychologist or a salesman. But God made him an effective proclaimer of the kingdom. And Jesus is still doing the same for us. Why are we in this kingdom? Because God is still fishing. Sorry to disappear on you like that. Now, I I might hear the objections forming in our minds. (laughs) Sometimes I have had these uh, own objections in in my own mind or my heart. Something that might go like this. Well, I'm a lousy fisher for men. I cannot speak well. I feel like the world is looking down at me and I, I, I crave its acceptance and approval. I don't know what to do. I feel or and I find silence so much easier 
And if you've never put your line in the water, you never have to slouch home with a stringer empty of fish. But Peter knew that fishing in broad daylight was a fool's errand, but he did it anyway. Did the people on the shore laugh at him? Well, perhaps, but soon he is calling his partners to his side. The nets were breaking. There were so many fish that the boats began to sink. Jesus filled those nets. How about this? I am anxious. I am scared. Look at our Old Testament reading. God calls Isaiah. And at first, Isaiah is reluctant. He's hiding. He is fearing that he is undone. And like Peter, he asked only that God goes away. But the messenger of God touches his mouth, forgives his sins, and then we see what next? We see Isaiah running down the aisle of church when God asks for a volunteer. Send me, send me. The transformation of Isaiah, the transformation of Peter, uh, from reluctant to willing ambassadors for God is it's still happening today. It could be happening with this sermon. What happened to this man who was Peter, who was hiding in the upper room on the first Easter? God got a hold of him. The Spirit grabbed him. That was enough. What happened to Peter after Peter denied Jesus? And he's still feeling the guilt and the shame about that. Well, after the resurrection of Jesus, Peter lost his direction again. And he said, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. You know, Peter had lost his way because he lost his why. But there, Jesus found him, called out, and he said, Put your nets on this side of the boat. And they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. You can read about it in John chapter 21. And John, the disciple said, it's the Lord. And then Peter, a man of action, jumps into the water. He threw himself into the sea. He swam to the shore and Jesus met him there with breakfast. He said, come and eat. This was the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And there he was, Peter, hurting, guilty, ashamed. And Jesus restored him. He forgave him. He gave him back his job fishing for men. Feed my sheep, Peter. Feed my sheep. Now, some years later, Simon Peter talked about the stories of his experiences or his experience with the word and the work of God in his life. Acts chapter 4, verse 20, and he says, Peter does, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. God has made us fishers of men and he fills the nets. Tell them your story about the word and work of God in your life. Tell people the story about how you know who Jesus is. In this reading, Peter, the fisherman from the backwaters of Galilee, he encounters 
a power which is too much for him. He fell down and just wished this would all go away. But Jesus did not go away. Instead, he, sent the, he sends this rustic bumpkin out to be a fisher of people, an ambassador of God's kingdom of grace and love, a proclaimer of the good news. This Jesus still calls. What do you hear him saying to you today? And what call comes your way? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.